0: Hey, I'm Roberta Blevins, and this is Life After MLM, a podcast where we work to end the stigma of failure in an industry designed for you to fail. Hey, welcome to Life After MLM's Lula Rich companion series, Lula Bitch, a place you can come to find all the tea and everything that was left on the cutting room floor. You're about to hear the personal accounts of the people affected by the MLM Lularoe. These stories are our own personal opinions, accounts, and allegations of our experiences within the cult. Some stories may be triggering. Please listen at your own discretion. days ago, I put out a call to action. I asked any former LuLaRoe reps that had stories to basically call into the show and to leave me a little voice message. And honestly, I didn't think anybody would do it because I feel like I put things out there and I'm so excited when at least one person does it. So it was so wonderful for me to see how many of you actually took some time out of your day to send me a message about your time in LuLaRoe. So I loved listening to them. Uh, I decided to make an episode out of some of these uh, with my own responses afterwards, talking about what you talked about, breaking down maybe some of the bite model that I noticed or anything that sort of caught my ear and my attention when I was listening to your messages. For me, you know, I, I started this podcast because I wanted people to have a platform in which their voice could be heard. And we have come so far in the last, the last seven months, seven months, it's been seven months since we started this podcast and so much has happened, right? It's, it's, it's beyond. Um, I'm so excited with how everybody is enjoying Lula bitch. It has been such a fun project, a little labor intensive. I'm not going to lie. I definitely, um, I definitely bit off maybe a little bit more than I could chew, which is fine. We're getting it done. I'm making it work. I totally thought I could do it. I didn't even think about all of the interviews and press things and, and meetings that I would be taking in between trying to get this episode and all of the other subsequent episodes up. And so, you know, that's a little bit more than I, than I just a little bit more than I signed up for, but that's fine. I'm not complaining. This podcast has been a labor of love. It's grown so much. Thank you to everybody who has recently found us because of Lulu Rich, everybody that, uh, saw the show and wanted answers. Thank you to everybody who has found me on TikTok or Instagram or Facebook or NPR or Megan Kelly or any of the other things that we've done recently. I absolutely love that this message is getting out that we have a compassionate, easily consumable message that people can connect with, people can hear stories that they relate to. I think to me that it is just it is just so important that this message gets out there and that people can take it, can understand what we're trying to say. It's not too overly complicated. We work in small areas to build up to the bigger picture, right? We don't do calculus on the first day. We start with basic arithmetic. That's always sort of been my goal is to create content that's easily consumable so that not only can people consume it and understand it, but they can share it to others and they can understand it as well so I am so proud of this podcast. I am so proud of the work that I have done and that the stories that we've been able to tell, I am so proud of all of you for learning. I am so proud of everybody who is listening to this right now, that when they started listening to this podcast was still in an MLM, learned something, opened their eyes and got out. Now you're listening to it as just a fan and not as somebody who's like, wait, Why is she talking about this? And you're listening to it as somebody who is now on the other side and who is advocating for the victims as well. And you've become part of this community. And I am so unbelievably happy to have you and so proud of all of the strides that you have already made since leaving your MLM. Thank you so much for helping me build this community. Thank you so much for being here, supporting me, caring about me, letting me care about you this is our podcast this is our story there is some amazing things that are going to be coming up this podcast is going to be getting some upgrades i am so excited this is more than i could have ever dreamed about ever ever you guys so a huge thank you to you you guys are the best fans and followers in the whole entire world i love you immensely I am incredibly proud of you, and I cannot wait to see where the next seven months takes us. So without further ado, let's listen to some stories about more victims of LuLaRoe.
1: Hi, Roberta. I wanted to share with you the most culty experience that I had when I was in LuLaRoe, and that was at the ranch training in Wyoming. The ranch training was amazing. I'm going to say it right now. The training was amazing. We bared our souls. We had a great group of people. I learned a lot about myself and how I work with others. And it was great. I mean, we rode horses. We made custom hats. We went fishing. We had amazing food. But unfortunately, at the end, it was ruined for me when we all sat around a fire at the ranch and were asked to ride for the brand. Now, that, that alone wasn't so bad. But the moment when they asked us to bring out an item that we were actually going to physically brand with an iron, the logo of LuLaRoe on it, I got really grossed out and I realized, wow, I might be in a cult. And this was a very, very bad ending to an amazing experience.
0: First of all, thank you so much for calling in, I guess, recording, sending me that recording. Um... Wow, what what an interesting experience that you went through. So I personally was never invited to go to the ranch. I believe I had already left Lularo by the time that those sort of things were happening. Um, I do remember seeing a lot of things like that about the ranch, seeing it on Instagram, seeing the hashtags, like you said, ride for the brand. All of this to me, I know is true because I have experienced some of this stuff. And I also have heard stories of people that have experienced this. So as I listened to your message, um, I got the culty vibes too. I know, I know a lot of other people also got those culty vibes when they were listening to your message. Um, and the thing that I noticed the most, and I'm going to refer to Stephen Hassan's bite model on this, but um, pretty much everything you described in that experience are all forms of behavior control. Um, Very interesting. So we already know that LuLaRoe controls the type of clothing that we wear, right? I mean, that's obvious. (laughs) LuLaRoe head to toe, um, which is another form of behavior control. It's actually number four underneath B in the fight model. But another thing that they were doing on that trip is the manipulation and the deprivation of sleep, right? So it's not intentional. It's not like you're not going to be allowed to sleep. But you're with your friends, you're at this big event, you're doing things late into the night, you're up hanging out with your team after the fact, spending a lot of time, the next day you're getting up early, your schedules are jam-packed. It's another form of manipulating you and depriving you of sleep. Uh, financial exploitation is a big one with LaRoe, not specifically in your example, but we all know that financial exploitation is a big one in MLM. Another thing that popped in my mind while you were telling me the story about being at the ranch is the restriction of leisure, entertainment, and vacation time. Um, And while you are at the ranch and it seems like it's a vacation, we all know that it's really, like you said, a team building, a personal building exercise. And so it really isn't a vacation. It really is more business and LuLaRoe focused, even though It's supposed to be like a getaway. Right. So even though you're getting to take a vacation, you're not actually going on vacation. And so they're sort of allowing you to have that free time, but they're not allowing it to be free time. Uh, So the restriction of the leisure, the entertainment and the vacation time also sort of comes into this ranch trip probably one of the biggest things, um, that I saw in the bite model that reminded me of what you were saying about the ranch is number nine, which is the major time spent with group indoctrination and rituals and or self indoctrination. Right? So you're telling me here that you're, you're opening up and you're sharing things and, and you're learning things about yourself. And so you feel like you're coming here and you're getting this really wonderful experience to grow as a person and to grow as a business, but it is really a lot of group indoctrination, right? It's a lot of the same rhetoric that we see over and over again, talking about the ways to work your business like a business and you're going to get out of it, what you put into it and things like that. I've been to those events. I know exactly. It's just regurgitation of the same stuff over and over and over again. Um, And so that one really stuck out to me too, major time spent with group indoctrination and the the rituals and then even the self-indoctrination where you're saying that you really learned a lot about yourself as well. In the outside context, it's a great thing to do is to do some self-help and some self-reflection, of course. But in this sort of situation, it sort of becomes less about self-help and more about indoctrination into the group. And then the last thing that you touched on that really went, just, ugh, for me as well. And because I just started reading Sarah Edmondson's book, who is a victim of the Nexium cult and was actually branded on her body. So when you mentioned the branding of the items and sitting around in a circle and and devoting yourself to LuLaRoe and saying that you're going to ride for the brand. And I get the connotation of being at a ranch and riding horses and ride for the brand. It's all very cute. And it all seems like, oh, look, it's a great theme, but it's a little deeper and a little more nefarious and sinister than that, right? They're asking you to take something out of your personal belongings. And thank goodness it's not your body, um, but you know, some cults do that. Take something personal of yours and to give it to them for them to brand. And you are now devoting yourself to the brand and claiming that you will ride for the brand. And it also reminds me of when Paul and Tiffany were talking about being in that mentor meeting and being separated and getting a piece of paper that said, check yes or no. Do you like LuLaRoe? Um, so again, this separating people out of their reality and then asking them these questions that are like, you know, you're loyal to us, aren't you? You know, you're, you're loyal, right? You better be loyal. So those are the things that, that really popped out of my mind when you sent us that message. So thank you so much for sharing that um, incredibly powerful. I am so sorry that the culty aspect of LuLaRoe ruined a really nice experience for you. And I hope that you're able to take an experience like that for yourself without the confines of a cult and LuLaRoe and be able to have maybe even deeper connections with yourself in the future.
2: I've got a story for you about the NDSS gala. Um, So tickets for that were $150 each. My coach bought two tables so that all of the trainers on the team could go. Um, So we show up to the event about 20 minutes ahead of time. And they're told that, you know, they don't have everything ready yet, that we have to wait. So about 45 minutes passes. And then finally, they have our table assignments, we go into the banquet hall and there are people sitting at our tables. Um, So we go back and they're like, oh, there there must have been a mistake. Unfortunately, we don't have any more tables. So you're just going to have to figure it out. Um, So they squeezed us in where they could, but there wasn't food once again for us. Um, So yeah, another money grab situation from LuLaRoe.
0: I love hearing about stuff that I wasn't personally involved in. The night of the NDSS gala, I was asked if I wanted to go, and I said, "You know, uh, I've already sort of planned like a team party. Like we're going to have pizza and wings and swimming and all of this stuff and I was already planning this. You know, I I've got people flying in from all around that that want to hang out and that's not really what I wanted to do, right? Like this is I, I wanted to have this team party and a time to connect with these people that flew out. I don't want to go to another cult party and spend more money I don't have on things I don't need. Right. So I didn't go. So I hear these stories about the NDSS gala and about Tiffany and Paul and like, and the standing room only and the overselling of tickets and how it really was just, again, a complete and total nightmare. And you wonder why, why? why, why make these things such total nightmares? And, you know, I've, I've had people give me advice before. I want to say, I think it was Chelsea Suarez that told me to think of the most nefarious reason that somebody would do something or say something, you know, the, the worst reason possible behind somebody's intentions. And I feel like every time I think about LuLaRoe, I have to go into that mindset, which by the way is like horrible, but it's just the way it is, right? Like we know that LuLaRoe is just full of grifters. And so I have to treat everything that I hear as a possible grift. And so for me, hearing that they all of a sudden had more tickets and you could get in and the tickets were $150 and they're overselling. You're telling me that your leader bought two tables. I don't know how many seats were in those tables, but that's quite a bit of tickets that apparently were completely unaccounted for, that when you got there, your seats were already taken and you had to scramble to find other seats, which meant you weren't sitting with your team. You weren't sitting with your friends. And like you said, surprise, surprise, not enough food. I have never been to a LuLaRoe event where the food hadn't been an issue before. It's just always been an issue. Food has always been an issue. The beach party food, the gala food, the food trucks, all of it. It's always been an issue. I don't know how you can be in business this long and still not understand how to do a head count when catering an event, especially coming from a family of professional caterers. That's an entirely different irony that blows my mind every single time I hear that LuLaRoe had any issues not being able to handle the food so it's nice to know that at least they're consistent in their fuck uppery. Wow. <sighs> that NDSS gala was such a nightmare. Um, and I'm so sorry that you had to be a part of that and that you had to deal with this ridiculously oversold standing room only clusterfuck. I'm sorry you had to go through that, but I'm glad that you're out
2: my sister and I started selling LuLaRoe together. And at first it was great. The first two shipments were great. After that, the quality of the product went down and the sizing was way off. And when we would reach out to anyone on social media or the company, we were told that we were being negative and our comments were removed off social media. I mean, then we would get a direct message you know, don't be negative, contact this person, they'll make it right. And they never did. Um, so that was part of my story.
0: Thank you so much for sharing. I love to hear these stories because they corroborate so many other people's stories. You know, I don't like to hear about the gaslighting, but I do like to hear that other people experience the things that we talk about in Lula Rich Deanne came out on a live the other day and was talking about Lula Rich um, and said, you know, it's just four retailers that are complaining, and not to listen to four complaining retailers that are complaining about old stuff. And so it's really funny to me um, that other people that weren't in the film, like you, are also experiencing that feeling of, oh my God, this happened to me too. I was gaslit too. Um I was always gaslit about the quality of the stuff, right? Like I was always gaslit about quality. I remember holding wet leggings and being like, I just wrung water out of these. And they were like, that's weird. That's never happened before. Or the stinky leggings or the sun bleach and being told constantly, like I was the only person this was happening to. That must've happened when UPS picked up the package. That must've been my dyer's fault. That must've been a manufacturing defect. We have the lowest defect percentage in the industry, you know, anything to tell us, to satiate us, to, to give us a cookie and tell us to go sit over there and ignore the problem. So these gaslighting techniques are emotional control. And these come from the emotional control tab on the bite model right underneath E manipulate and narrow the range of feelings and some emotions and needs are deemed as evil wrong or selfish or in this case negative right you're asking very simple questions about things and your comments are being deleted and you're being told that your experience is negative and they don't want you to share it uh number three under emotional control make the person feel like the problems are always their own fault and never the leader or the group's fault That's 100% LuLaRoe, I mean, and MLM too, but really LuLaRoe so much that it's never LuLaRoe's fault. It's always someone else's fault. It's my Dyer's fault. It's UPS's fault. It's the consultant's fault. You know, we're stale, not the clothes. We're the pigs. We're wrestling with them in the mud. And that's the reason that we're having negative experiences. Um, They also like to promote feelings of guilt and unworthiness, right? make you feel guilty about the way you're feeling, make you feel guilty that you're not living up to your potential. You're not working hard enough. This is again, your fault, your thoughts and your feelings and your actions, the way that you feel about these issues, these issues that affect your business. Well, those actions and feelings and thoughts, they're irrelevant and selfish. You shouldn't be so negative. So all of those things are completely 100% cult tactics. And I'm so happy that you message me because I think this is really important to share. I hear about people talking about being gaslit all the time. So I thank you for being so candid and sharing that because 100% you were not the only person that experienced that. And I hope that you found a little bit of validation in knowing that.
3: Okay. So um, this is from Ronnie Webster. I was actually on a part of Phil and Danielle Russell's downline. anyway. Um uh, I just thought it was crazy how they had a group like and, and every team had groups like this too and it wasn't just you know them but they had a group called I want to be a unicorn wrangler and that was their like recruiting group and I just thought it was interesting it's something I hadn't thought about uh in a long time um but like my my upline my coach had a um like my sponsor was my coach but um she had a group like that for our team too. So um, I don't know if other MLMs do that, but I just thought that was really interesting.
0: Thank you so much, Ronnie. Um, You just touched on a really interesting point that I don't think a lot of people understand, right? So MLM, we all know, pyramid schemes, the way you make money, recruiting. Uh, In our sales groups that had questions and I had all of my leaders that were in there. A lot of people would run their groups where, the, the leader would be the one to like choose who was worthy, right? I hate that. Like, that's so cringy to be like, who's worthy? So my response to this was I created a group because I was told to, created a group and added all my leaders that really wanted to grow a team and really were actively trying to grow a team. And I added all of them in there. And anybody who really wanted to actively try to grow a team went into this group. And anytime anybody said, oh, I have a question, they added them to this group, Right they would do live trainings. They would talk about the way they run their business, get to know them a little bit, a little bit about themselves. So anybody in that group that decided to join could, instead of me choosing who was worthy, the person that was joining could sort of be like, Hey, I want to be under Katie or Hey, I want to be under Holly or something like that. So yeah, I had one of those groups too. It's so cringy to think about now, but absolutely. And it came from above. Hey, You've got people that are interested. You've got people that have questions. Let's get them all into the same group. This is the place where the magic is going to happen. This is the place where, you know, it's going to work. And I remember even being told like, Hey, April's coming. Make sure you tell everybody like, Hey, what are you going to do with your tax money? And you know, being in the middle of it, you do not see the predatory nature in doing that, but you know, it's so predatory, and I apologize to anybody that I ever did that cringy stuff to because ugh, it's disgusting, and I ugh, I all oh, I feel so much secondhand embarrassment for the way that I acted, and so much guilt of my own. So y'all don't need to feel bad for me; I feel bad enough myself. Um, but yes, that is a total. That was a total recruiting tactic. I'm sure other MLMs do it. It is a funnel, basically. Uh, using Facebook groups as a sales funnel, or at this point, a recruiting funnel, getting people in there, sharing the positivity, (laughs) sharing the good, sharing the personalities and the fun and the team and the sisterhood aspect. Looking back on it now, it's very, very predatory, uh, unfortunately. But yeah, it happens. And it happens a lot. National Voter Registration Day is kind of a big deal. It's a yearly nonpartisan holiday celebrating our democracy, and it's all about getting as many people as possible to that's right, register to vote. So why is that important right now? Well sure, local and state elections may not get as much attention as the midterms or the presidential elections, but they're still a super important way for you to use your voice to make an impact and help shape the future of your community. And one of the best parts Registering to vote is really easy thanks to organizations like Headcount. Get registered there in minutes and you won't have to worry about registration deadlines in your state. And then you'll be ready to participate in all of your upcoming local, state, and federal elections. That really is a big deal. Head to headcount.org forward slash Spotify now to register. That's headcount.org forward slash Spotify. See you at the polls.
3: Hey, Roberta, my name's Alyssa, and I just got out of LuLaRoe after being with the company for five years a few weeks ago. Um, And I wanted to tell you uh, my story and a few things that I um, struggled with being a retailer. And um, first of all, I love the quote, uh, setting up to fail, because that's exactly how I felt um, pretty much my whole time with LuLaRoe. I had great ambitions in the beginning and I was a small fish um, for all of my time there. I never cruise qual- qualified, but I always was like, yeah, that's something that I wanted, especially in the beginning when they everyone was just pushing it so much um, that that's like what you had to do to be successful. Um, but I would see people around me spending, you know, more of their profits just to buy more inventory and, um, you know, not making any money really from it. Uh, so that was kind of crazy. So my husband's cousins were the ones that got me, uh, involved in LuLaRoe. I had no idea what the company was or even owned any clothes before I even signed up, which is kind of crazy to think about now. Um, and, uh, I got my first like few pieces of clothing when I visited, uh, them, and they're like, this is a great opportunity, and that was always pushed all the time, you know, what the opportunity was, um, and I, at that time, I was super depressed. I just wanted to be home with my firstborn son, and I thought that LuLaRoe was a great way to do that at the time. Now, looking back, I don't think that that was probably the best thing for me, and, um, I think what I really struggled with the most was um, my mental health, um, especially with the pressure of all that rope puts on you to, like I said before, crease, qualify and be this. So then uh, when I got pregnant with my uh, second son, I basically worked um, the whole time I was pregnant up until I basically had him. And then I had all these, you know, glorious dreams of staying home with him and you know not being able to have to go anywhere to work and all these things. But uh I think I got uh the the golden ticket when it was like time to go to the warehouse and that was three hours away from me. I was three weeks postpartum um and I brought my newborn baby so that I could go shop at the warehouse um and pick my prints and it was one of the hottest days ever. It was like 90 some degrees, and we were all in this tent with these huge trash bins walking around trying to fill our trash bins with you know, all the Row that we wanted, and a lot of it was, I think, legacy styles at the time, but it's just crazy. I took that time away from being with my newborn child, and I wasn't even three weeks postpartum um, when I was doing this. Um, it's just crazy. Uh, to think about. Um, but I remember a lot of the times, uh, Mark would push this uh victim mindset mentality, um, onto us. And he, I think, we had to read like three or four books. I was in the one of the business builder classes, and when I got away from that class, like, I felt more uh lost about how to even run my business um, because it wasn't actually about running a business. It was just about roping people in to get them to buy more clothes or to um, recruit them for, uh, you know, joining your team. And I never had a team. Um, I was on that lowest tier. Um, But I just remember um, all the time that getting pushed onto me and having these awkward conversations with people. And they pressured you to like go up to people and hand them free leggings or hand them your card and be like, hey, I sell LuLaRoe. And it was just so weird um, that that was pushed on you. And I just always remember Mark coming on the home office call saying, you know, you can't have this victim mindset. You've got to do this and you've got to do that and trying to, like, build us up. But any time now that I'm looking back, like, I think they were just brainwashing us so that no one would uh, basically talk back to them or say, like, why are we doing this or Um, you know, because then they would be labeled the victim and they couldn't uh, speak up for, you know, new ideas or new things that they had that were contrary to what the company wanted. And um, I still struggle with that, um, even coming away with um, trying to figure out, you know, life after LuLaRoe. And I think what was most frustrating for me was that my... CPA at the time basically told me that I was running a glorified hobby. And if I didn't see any profit within the next year or two, then I should probably close my business, which is ultimately what I ended up doing. But that just stuck in my mind for the last two years that I am a failure. I failed at this business. Why can't I make things work? And my mental health really took a a deep dive and um, I at the beginning of 2021, was re-diagnosed with ADHD, and uh, I realized that my ADHD was, uh, that this business is terrible for people with ADHD, and actually preys on people that have it because of all the different uh, dopamine hits that you get from getting a new box, from placing a big order, because we have spending problems, Um, and I think that LuLaRoe really, uh, LuLaRoe doesn't help people that struggle, and a lot of women actually uh, have undiagnosed ADHD. Um, I realized I had it when I was a child, and I thought it went away, but then as I got older, my symptoms got worse, um, and LuLaRoe definitely did not help with that. Uh, we have, um, I have a hard time setting goals. And they were always pushing goals and I could never achieve them and I couldn't figure out why. Um, the stru- there's no structure. It's all like kind of ebb and flow. You figure out what you want to do um, when you want to do it. And that is terrible for me because I have no executive dis- you know, function and I can't make plans or do all these things. And then I would see all these other people be successful and wonder why couldn't I do those things? You know, why was I failing and not achieving my goals? And really the system is just set up for you to fail. Um, so, I just struggled so much and I couldn't figure out why I wasn't motivated, why I didn't want to do these things anymore. And really, I think I just disconnected myself from the culture. I never went to vision. I went to one, uh, like one of the little events um, when I first started. Um, And that was kind of weird. We all dressed, like you said, we all dressed the same. We all kind of looked alike. Um, We were all learning about you know, different IPAs and things, but at the end of the day, we never really learned any kind of like business strategy or, you know, ways for us to, to help us see more profit versus, you know, just spending all of our money on inventory. And when I first started, we were told to go wide and deep. And, uh, by the end of it, um, I had, you know, a little over 300 pieces and I lost, you know, so much money just trying to get rid of those 300 pieces and, of course, there was always the stress around launches. I uh, really struggled with that with my ADHD. Um, when a launch would come, I would be super stressed the whole day. I could, I had to do everything and set alarms and things just to make sure that I was on the computer on the right time. And then I would get in and not even get anything so many times uh, because I n- I'd never spent a lot of money because I was a smaller fish. And so, uh, like for Halloween, um, 2016 was my first launch. And I remember like, we broke Audrey, we broke the internet. No one, no one could get anything to work. And I waited like three hours on the computer just to order these stupid leggings. And then I remember like Noir, I didn't get any Noir at all, uh, either launch, um, which was super frustrating. I was so disappointed, Um, And even, you know, other major launches, there were times I never got Christmas or Americana. It was so anyway, I could go on and on with all of the the stories that I have. I mean, I'm very thankful that I didn't end up getting anyone to join LuLaRoe from me personally. Uh, I never sponsored anyone. It was just always me. Um, But being on that bottom part of the pyramid, I really never made any money. I never got bonus checks. I never uh, you know, I got some money, but I think I spent, I know sp- I spent way more, uh, than I actually made in profit. And, um, thankfully I didn't go in, into debt. Um, but I do remember at the beginning, I didn't have enough money to pay for, uh, my whole onboarding package. And so what my upline told me was, is I should get a no interest rate credit card and take that out. And I w- I want to say I paid that off within like a year or two, but it's still, I, that's a terrible way to start your business in debt. Um.
0: Hey, Alyssa, I'm so proud of you. Five years is a long time and I'm really, really proud of you for deciding to leave. So I listened to the segments that you sent in. Um, You sent in quite a few. Thank you so much. Uh, And I will definitely be reaching out to you because I would love to have you on the show to talk about everything that happened to you more in depth. And I think probably everybody listening would like to hear that too. I am so sorry that you got sucked into this and you were involved in this. Trust me, I understand probably better than anybody. I, I totally get the setting up to fail, right? Like I talk about that on the podcast all the time that, that this industry is literally set up for us to fail. It is built that way. It is designed that way. It is systemically so. I mean, for me, like that is just so far gone that this is the way this is designed and it is intentionally done to drain people's money. I mean, you look at the facts and you're just like, there's no other conclusion I can come to, right? Like MLMs are scams and cults. I'm so sorry that you went through any of that. You were looking for some sort of opportunity in your life. It came to me at the exact same time. They prey on our vulnerabilities. It's part of it, right? So I don't ever want you to feel like it was your fault or you failed because you definitely didn't. All I wanted to do was stay home with my baby too. So I totally get it. I totally get it. I understand exactly where you were and exactly how you felt when you thought LuLaRoe was the answer. I'm right there with you. I would love to hear about the golden ticket. I would love to just sort of dive into that a little bit more. And definitely the victim mindset and the toxic positivity surrounding LuLaRoe. You just went through so much. And listening to all of the messages that you sent in, I think it's very evident to everybody how much you went through. And you were a small fish and you kept plugging along. You're the kind of person that people say like, oh, they couldn't be successful. So they just gave up. But like, here you are plugging along for five years. So it doesn't make any sense, right? Like, how can we all fit into the same cookie cutter mold of we weren't successful? We didn't work hard enough. But yet here we all are with the exact same stories. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and then you mentioned something that I've sort of honed in on too, and that's the ADHD aspect and the dopamine addiction. And I am so proud of you for even figuring that out on your own because 100%, right? They manipulate that dopamine. I talked about it in the Vice documentary Uh, I probably talked about it in the Amazon one too, but it got cut out, but I definitely talked about it in the vice documentary. And that was before I even knew I had ADHD. Right. So I reached out to my friend Haley, who I've talked to on the show before. She is a a counselor and, um, it's in the works for us to work on a neurodivergent slash ADHD slash dopamine addiction slash mental health episode, because you're right on the money there. I 100% believe that multi-level marketing is using those natural chemicals found in our bodies to manipulate us. They have somehow been able to tap into manipulating dopamine and serotonin. Those feel-good chemicals, right? The reward chemical. They've tapped into manipulating the reward chemical in our brain so that our body is giving us these addictive chemicals and these addictive natural substances, it just makes us want more, right? Every single time you got a LuLaRoe box, boom, dopamine, right? Every time you sold something, boom, dopamine. Every time somebody wanted to ask you more information or book a pop-up or join your team, boom, dopamine. And LuLaRoe exploited that. And for those out there that don't have ADHD or don't know a lot about ADHD. So if you think about depression, depression is a serotonin deficiency, Right. ADHD is a dopamine deficiency. And that's why for me, when I was diagnosed as being depressed and and put on mood elevating pills that had serotonin in them, it never really did anything for me because I don't have a deficiency in serotonin. I have a deficiency in dopamine. And so when I joined LuLaRoe and I started getting that dopamine, it was almost like it was injected into my veins, right? It was there all the time. Everything we did in LuLaRoe was a dopamine hit. The convention was a dopamine hit. The leadership was a dopamine hit. Even just hanging out with your friends at a super Saturday or any sort of training or going live and talking to your your team or talking to your group, those are all dopamine hits too. So the fact that you even brought that up is so wonderful because I noticed that connection and I thought to myself, oh my God, that's how they're doing this. They're manipulating our emotional chemicals amazing and then you talk about the impulsivity of having ADHD which is so true which even leads a lot of us to having shopping addictions or any other addictions but with LuLaRoe it was a shopping addiction right you didn't really need the leggings but it gave you dopamine and it was so fun to not only hunt for those leggings dopamine but to win those leggings dopamine have them shipped to you dopamine and wait for them and check tracking dopamine 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 and then opening up that package and putting them on was the biggest dopamine hit of all, right? And then what happens? Your brain's like, ah, these are just leggings. It's not that big of a deal. And then you're on to your next addiction. You're onto looking for your next unicorn. You're onto looking for your next Irma, your next print, the next thing that you have to hunt for. That first pair of those rainbow octopus leggings, that was my first hit of Lululemon dopamine. And it was some of the best dopamine I ever had in my entire life. So I really, I love that you brought that up. I also love that you bring up the wide and then deep because a lot of people don't know that too. And right there, they told us to go wide first and then deep. So wide means multiple styles. You want to get all your styles nice and wide. You want to carry lots of styles and then you want to go deep on those styles and you want to get all of those styles to 10, which is what I say in the documentary and which a lot of people are like, nobody's said to get 10 of everything. That's bad. That's NASA advice. And I'm like, yeah, no, they literally said that. So either you're new or you're a liar. So yeah, um, anyway, everything you touched on, the launches, the FOMO, the IPAs, the no business strategy, everything. You are so on it, girl. I am so proud of you for seeing it. I am so proud of you for getting out. And I'm gonna be hitting you up and I would love to have you on the show to hear your whole story and not just this really quick little 10 minute condensed version. Again, I am so proud of you, babe. Thank you so much for listening to life after MLM. Please don't forget to like and subscribe and share with all of your anti MLM friends as well. See you next time.